You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church, Salt Lake City. For more information on our church, go to c3saltlakecity.com. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing this morning? Y'all can take a seat, give each other a high five. Say good morning, good morning, good morning. I didn't hear you. Say good morning, good morning, good morning. It's going to be a good morning. And it already has been. I'm just honestly, um, it's such an honor and a privilege to be able to speak and to be able to speak here in Salt Lake City, C3, Salt Lake City. And um, I just, I love coming here because we're, I'm coming as part of the family. I'm not a guest. I'm not a guest speaker. I'm part of the family of C3 that's here. And so I just love being able to come and, and be able to minister. Pastor Jurgen and Leanne and the team send their love very much. Love you. You're so a part of us and um, so proud of your campus pastors. Can we give it up for Pastors Vince and Becca? Two of, two of the most amazing humans on the planet. You guys have it good here faithful, wonderful people. And um, I also wanted to thank the entire team. Do you know it takes an army of volunteers to have church? Like a lot of us just walk in and we get to sit down and we get to enjoy church, but there's people that are up so early in the morning. There's people throughout the week. There's the production team. Let's give a shout out to production over here to make all of this happen. So just thank you so much for each and every person that serves here. We so appreciate you and thank you for what you do. Because of you, the message of God is getting to go not only here, but just throughout the earth. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, I'm going to pray and then we are going to get into the message this morning. God, I thank you for today. I thank you right now, God, that it is not by accident nor by chance that every person is here today, but it is by divine appointment. I thank you, God, that that you have gone before us, Jesus, that you have plowed the ground, God, that we may walk upon it. Lord, I just pray right now as we begin to listen to the message that it would not be my message, but it would be yours spoken through me this morning. God, I pray that you would refine every word, God, and that every word that comes would be from the heavens, would be from you, Jesus, that it would be captured and that it would be received and that it would be activated here on the inside of us, oh God, that we could do what you have called us to do, Father. Lord, we thank you today. We give you glory ahead of time for miracles, for signs, for wonders, for healing. Lord, we thank you that you are a God that speaks. And Lord, we are listening today to hear of you. And we thank you ahead of time for every testimony that will come from this place. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, we are in a series right now called Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. And the title of my message this morning is called Unusual Activity. Unusual activity. Because when I was thinking of paranormal, I was thinking about the things of the Spirit. And I was thinking about the Holy Spirit and the beautiful gifts that the Holy Spirit brings. And sometimes um, we can think, well, that's just unusual. Isn't there a lot of things in the Bible where we're just like, that's so odd? You read these verses and you're like, that is the weirdest thing. Only it's not weird, it's just unusual. And so I thought I would bring the unusual to the forefront this morning. And I'm going to be speaking on um, the topic of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be specifically speaking about speaking in tongues. And right then and there when I say that, some people can shrink back. 
and go, oh, no, what is she speaking on? What is it? But don't you worry. I'm going to preach out of the Word of God. I'm going to preach the Bible. And I'm going to believe this morning that we are going to capture them some things, capture the heart of God that maybe has been just something in our minds that's been maybe hard to wrap our head around, hard to wrap our heart around. But this morning, I'm re- I've been praying that um, through the words that I speak, that we would really be able to unpackage and receive all that God has for us. And there's so much in God that brings life to each and every one of us. And as I was praying for this particular service, I heard God say, new life. New life. And there's already new life here. Every time I come, I'm like, oh, I can feel the breath of God. I can feel life in this place. And I feel that God just wants to put an exclamation point on that part this morning. So are you with me? Okay, we're going to have a really good time. And here's the thing. If there's some things that I'm talking about this morning that you're like, wow, I'm not sure about that. Or, oh, what is that that she's talking about? Or, I don't know how I feel about that. Just jot those things down and then make sure to resource yourselves. It's so good to listen to a pastor. It's so good to listen to a message and, and absorb that. And then other times it's really good to go back in our own Bible studies and look up, okay, God, what are you saying about that? And it's a good thing to ask questions in church. In fact, the Bible says, in Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And then in John 8, 32, it says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So there's a freedom in asking questions where we actually find the truth of God. So it's a good thing. Are you with me this morning? You're a little quiet in the get-go. Remember, I am Italian. Come on, people. Much better. Okay, good. Um, okay, so um, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking actually we're coming into the season of, you know, Thanksgiving and then we're going into Christmas. We're kind of already on the cusp of the holiday season. Can you believe it's already here? Crazy. And I was thinking about Christmas, and I was thinking about how at Christmas time, there's a lot of traditions that surround Christmas, and they're really fun. And one is giving gifts to people. And so, you know, uh, many of us, we will think about the people in the world, whether that be family members or friends, and we go, what is it? What would they like? And we think up a gift that they would enjoy, and we go to all the stores, and we find the gift, we get the gift, we wrap the gift, and then we put those gifts under a tree. And then on Christmas morning, the family wakes up, and everybody runs down and begins to unwrap gifts, or you go to a friend's house and you exchange gifts. And it got me thinking, the Holy Spirit is kind of like that. When the Holy Spirit was given to us, he came with gifts. But here's the thing about the gifts. What if, you know, the the kids came down or the friend comes and they get to the, the Christmas tree and there all the gifts are, and they look at the gift, it's wrapped beautifully, and they just put that gift back under the tree. They don't open it gets dusty. It could be the most powerful, the most fun, the most awesome gift on the inside of that box that's wrapped so pretty. But unless we open it, we can't utilize it. So it sits there dormant. And it's not that the gift hadn't been given. It's just that we haven't unwrapped it and received it. And I think about the gifts of the Spirit like that. Some of us know there are these gifts that exist, healings and miracles and all of these things, these gifts that God has given us But sometimes because we don't know or we don't understand or we haven't researched, we just let them sit there dormant. But this morning, I want to help us to unwrap the gifts that God has given us, to actually be able to receive every good gift, the Bible says, from heaven above, that we may receive them and then utilize them. So we're going to jump on into things, okay? 
All right, here we go. Um, James 1.7 says, Every good and perfect gift is from heaven above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like the shifting of shadows. And this is what I love about Jesus. You know, many times when we come into church or we come to Christ, we know a whole lot about the Father God who sent his son Jesus. But then when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's like crickets. It's like, And yet that's the third part of the Trinity. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when we receive Jesus, we receive the whole package. We receive the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as we begin to unpackage this morning the topic of the Holy Spirit, sometimes we can just clam up and get real serious. But I don't know about you, but when Christmas comes and we're going to unwrap gifts, it is fun. It is exciting. There's gift, you know, rape, uh, gift paper everywhere. There's, you know, music on in the background. There's, you know, it's a lot of fun. And so when we're talking this morning, yeah, somebody likes gifts on Christmas morning. Come on. I do too. Um, it's a lot of fun. So as I talk this morning about the gifts of God and the Holy Spirit, can I just request that you take a big, deep breath. Come on, let's all do it. Yep. So open our hearts to receive. It's a good gift. It's a fun gift. So you don't have to just wrap your arms up and just sit there and go, okay, let's see what she has to say. No. <laughs> we need to be in a posture of receiving. And when we ask, the Bible says, we will receive. So my point number one is this. Jesus gave us all a mission And then he equipped us all to fulfill it through the Holy Spirit. So this is what the Bible says in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in the heavens and on the earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the ages. So the Holy Spirit, Jesus has given us all a mission. So if you're like, I don't know what I'm meant to do on planet Earth, Matthew 28, 18. We all have been given a mission. And it actually wasn't a suggestion. It was a command. Go is a command. It's not if you'd like to. If you maybe have a day off. And instead of sipping on a glass of wine on the porch... I want you to go ahead on out there and tell people about me. No. God is saying, he's like, go. Go, therefore, and tell. And he's not just telling us to to get people saved. He says to make disciples. Why is that? Because Jesus does the saving. We can't get people saved. Jesus saves people, but we can help people to become disciples of Jesus. So he is with us. And then the Bible says that he is with us always. So how cool. He gives us a mission. And he said, but don't you worry. I'm going to be there with you. We're going to do this thing together. It's interesting that commission is co-mission. We think, oh, no, I've got to get out there and do all of these things. And I don't know how to do that. No. God is saying, be you. I'm with you. I'll give you the words. I'll work through you. Let's do this thing together. So how many for us, that takes a lot of pressure off. We're going to do this with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus. And so we do this together. Sometimes people think, oh, I just need to go on a mission. I'll go on a missions trip. But that's not what the Bible says. It says we're on mission all the time. 
And the cool thing about receiving Jesus and working with him is that we don't have to become something we're not. And we don't have to become weird, which is awesome. Sometimes when you think about evangelizing, you're like, I have to and say and give and do. No, no. The gospel preaches itself. It's preached through our lives. We live out the gospel of Jesus, and it's attractive to people. People want to know, how come you're joyful when the world's gone crazy? People want to know, in a world gone crazy, how you're living a wonderful, beautiful life. How is it that when you face a storm, you have peace that surpasses what is going on around you? It's because we have Jesus on the inside. The message preaches itself when we actually allow the Spirit to do the work on the inside of us and minister through us. And here's the thing. The day that we were born, the purpose was already built on the inside of us. You and I are born with purpose. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus speaks and he says, And I also say to you that you are Peter. He's speaking to Peter. He says, And I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And if you look up the word church in the Greek, it's ecclesia. And ecclesia means the called out ones. And it says, And the gates of hell, hell shall not prevail against it. So what is the Bible saying? The church means the called out ones. So the moment you were, you were born and then the moment that you met Jesus and you received him into your life, you're highlighted. You've been called out. You have a calling. You don't have to go chase it. You don't have to find it. You were the moment you received Jesus, you are the called out one to minister, to speak on behalf of Jesus himself. How cool is that? So Jesus is saying, look, and this is how I'm building my church, on the back of people. On the, on the ones that are called out to speak and to minister. Okay, so we are born, we're born, we're given a mission, a co-mission to complete and do. We've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to be able to do. Okay, number two, we've been given power. Somebody say power. power. We've been given power through the Holy Spirit. We've been given power through the Holy Spirit. Here's the cool thing. When Jesus ascended to heaven, as he was ascending, he told the disciples, listen, I've resurrected. It's time for me to go. He's going to be received up to the heavens. But he says to them, listen, I want you to go and do what I've told you. I've commissioned you. But wait to do that until you have received power. Until you have received the Holy Spirit. He said, I must go. But as I go, I am sending you the one who's going to be with you. So Jesus, he ascended into heaven. And how good is that? The reason he had to go was so that we weren't just following a geographical Jesus. But instead, he's like, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you. So that he can be with us always and everywhere. Okay, so in Acts 1 through 8, 1, 8, it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, this is the day of Pentecost, and this is when all the, the disciples and the people that were said there was about 120 people were gathered together, and they were waiting, okay? We're waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And then this is what the Bible says. This is the coming of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all of the house. Somebody say all. all. 
and it filled all of the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled. Somebody say, all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so we first need to point out that all who were there and present, all who were waiting, all who realized in order to do the mission that God has given me, I need what I don't have. I need the Holy Spirit. And all that were there that confessed, I have a need that I can't fulfill in my humanness, I need what, the, what Jesus said he was going to give the Holy Spirit. And it says, the Bible says, all that were present, all that wanted to be filled, all were filled. All received the Holy Spirit and all began to speak in languages unknown to them. How interesting is that? Not just one to two, but everyone who was present, everyone who realized they have a need for something that doesn't exist in their life, all received. Now, I find some unusual activity here. Wouldn't you agree? I'm like, what is this tongues of fire thing? And what, is these, what are these winds we speak of? So I did a little research. Listen to this. How cool is God? Um, the Bible says a rushing mighty wind filling the whole house. And then there was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So the wind, if you look the wind up in the, in the Greek and the Hebrew, the word for spirit, as in the Holy Spirit, is the same word for breath. So when it says the Holy Spirit came, came as a rushing mighty wind, what is it saying? The holy breath, the same breath that breathed into Adam and gave him life, is the very breath that we receive when we receive the Holy Spirit into our lives. It's going, I am breathing into you. The holy breath of God is going to live on the inside. Of, of course, it was a rushing, mighty wind. It's the very breath of God that came. Then it says tongues as of fire. So that got me thinking, okay, what does fire represent in the Bible? And there was two things typically that fire represents. And fire represents typically purity. So you know how you will, um, for gold, gold is like they say the refining fire. It, it actually, as, as the gold is being, is under fire, it's just the purity that is left. It takes out all the impurities. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going, I am going to purify you. All the impurities that are there, I'm coming in and I'm the great purifier. And then also in the Old Testament, we see a lot that fire consumed um, the sacrifice, the animal sacrifices that were needed in the Old Testament, right? So they would oftentimes, they would offer up an animal sacrifice. And then it says the fire of God would come and consume it. What is the fire representative? Power. The power to take away the temporary and to bring the everlasting. So when we picture, I am receiving the Father, the Son, Jesus, who died, but now I'm receiving the Holy Spirit, the beautiful picture is we can receive the breath of God that purifies anything that shouldn't exist there and leaves the everlasting God on the inside of us. How cool of a picture. God is so good. Now, I want to take it a few steps deeper. 
<clears throat> so this is the day of Pentecost, right? So the fire, the, 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 the wind, the breath of heaven comes, the people are filled. And then the Bible says, and you can look this up in Acts, the Bible says that on that day, after the infilling of the Spirit, Peter, a disciple of Christ, stands up and begins to preach the gospel to thousands of people, to a crowd that was there. Now, I find this really interesting because back in the Old Testament, um, and we heard it this morning, that was per- I'm like, perfect setup to the message. This is so good. Clearly, the Holy Spirit is with us. Okay, so um, in the Old Testament, when Moses brought the law to the people, the Bible says that on that day, 3,000 people were killed. So the law was brought, and, and, and I, it got me to thinking, okay, when the law or when control or when those types of things are brought, it actually brings death. Religion brings death. But when the Holy Spirit came, he brings life. And the Bible says that when Peter stood in front of the crowd and began to preach the gospel, it says on that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. The Holy Spirit brings life. And life in abundance. It's time for new life. Now here's the thing. When you think about Peter, I find it interesting that on that day, something happened. Peter was Peter. Now, Peter was the guy that denied Christ three times. Once to a teenage girl, the Bible says. Okay? Like, he wasn't the epitome of confidence. (laughs) That wasn't Peter. But what was the difference? How did Peter go from denying Christ to be so riddled with fear about speaking that he even knew Jesus to standing before a crowd of thousands and thousands of people and preaching the gospel confidently? The difference was he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and brings confidence. Where we are weak, the Bible says, strength comes on the inside of us. So I find it interesting that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. He preaches in confidence and with courage. It's the first time that he's preaching the gospel, talking about the resurrection of Jesus to the very people that crucified him. Like, that's a pretty big deal. There was a lot of people in the crowd that were mocking them and mocking him, and he stands confidently and preaches the message of Jesus. Not only that, he speaks about the Holy Spirit. He quotes Joel in the Bible, the prophet Joel, and he tells them that uh, through Joel, he tells them your young people are going to dream dreams, your old people, or your old people are going to dream dreams, your young people are going to prophesy. Where is he getting all of this from? The Holy Spirit living and active on the inside of him makes us way more brilliant than we actually are, which is why we can bring praise and glory to him and not to us. Peter quotes the prophet Joel. And I love it when Peter finishes preaching the gospel. Do you know what the people's response was? Their response was, what shall we do? He didn't even give it out. Like, this is what you need to do to follow Jesus. The people themselves, seeing the spirit of of Jesus that's on the inside of Peter, goes, tell us. What must we do to be saved? Sometimes we think, oh, we shouldn't talk about the Holy Spirit in church. How odd. (laughs) When the Holy Spirit himself is the one that draws people by his loving kindness and his tender mercy, the response to actually giving way to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the response is, I want that. 
I want that life that you're talking about. I want confidence like that of Peter who wasn't confident before. I want to be able to do and be the things that I never thought I could be because I have the spirit of the living God on the inside of me. How good is God? For us, when we talk about the Holy Spirit in church, which is very often, we've seen even in C3 revival happen. People told Pastor Jurgen and Leanne coming to San Diego, oh, don't talk about the Holy Spirit. Oh, don't move in the power of God. Oh, don't, don't speak in tongues. Oh, no, 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 don't do any of those things. Or people will not come to your church. And Pastor Jurgen and Leanne came all the way from Australia into San Diego not to give the U.S. and America the same as what they had. Also, they came because they were transformed by the Holy Spirit. How can you keep that on the inside? You want everybody to know the power that they can have in Jesus. You want everyone to know the life of abundance that you can have through the Holy Spirit. So they said, no, no, no. We will build our church. And like the Bible says, if he builds out on us, the called out ones, and we do what he says, then the church, then the Lord will add in number to the church. And that's what we've seen. We've seen revival. This campus is part of that revival that we are seeing. One campus to two campuses to five campuses on our way to 16 because we preach the full message of Jesus. So it's not something to stay quiet about. It's actually something to give away. Okay, here we go. Point number three. We need spiritual gifts to do the work of the ministry. So you're like, okay, gotcha, Stacy. Understand the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit came. I can receive the Holy Spirit. I can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. But what about these gifts? Why do I need these gifts? Well, let me first just tell you real quick what these gifts are. And you're just going to need to maybe jot or take down some notes or re-listen to this message because I'm going to go through it real quick. And then I'm just going to concentrate on one of the gifts this morning. So the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the equipping of the saints. That means that these gifts are not just for a pastor or a leader, but the Bible says they've been given to all of us. We all have been empowered. We all receive from the Holy Spirit. The preachers and teachers, all they're doing is activating the people of God. So all of us have access to this very same power, the living power of God we all have access to. What does that mean? That means that when we stand before someone and they say, Stacy, I was just diagnosed with cancer. Would you, would you pray for me? I don't have to look at someone else that has more power than I do. It's not my power. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. The good thing is when I stand in front of that person, I don't have to say, you know what? I'm just going to send you some good thoughts, put out some good vibes. I can stand before that person knowing I have the Holy Spirit, the living God on the inside of me, that I can look them in the eyes and say, I believe in miracles. And I can stand with them, and I can pray with the authority from heaven that comes to earth through us and pray a healing miracle. We all have access to these beautiful, wonderful gifts. What are these gifts? Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Okay? There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. 
So we all have access to the one true God that gives the gifts. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11, you can read it on your own time. These are where the nine gifts come from, and I'm just going to read them out. First one, word of knowledge. Number two, the word of wisdom. Three, the gift of prophecy. Four, the gift of faith. Five, the gift of healings. Six, the working of miracles. Seven, the discerning of spirits. Eight, different kinds of tongues. Nine, the interpreting of tongues. So those are the nine gifts sitting under the tree. When we invite the Holy Spirit in, he's like, great, I come with gifts. How good of a God do we have? I love that kind of God. I'm, I'm a gifts kind of girl. You know, everybody does all those books. But gifts, they're great. They're awesome to give out, and they're awesome to receive. And so um, that's the Holy Spirit. He comes, and he brings with him these gifts to do the work of the ministry. And, and the Bible even tells us to be careful to not quench the Holy Spirit and to not quench the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to throw out a couple of verses, and guys in the production booth, you don't have these, so don't worry about it, because I'm going to spit them off real fast. But listen to this. The Bible says, do not quench the Spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Meditate on these things. Give yourselves entirely to them, that your progress might be evident to all, 1 Timothy 4.14. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands, 2 Timothy 1.6. So the Bible tells us, here's these gifts, careful not to ignore them. And if you have, the Bible says, stir them up. If we have forgotten, if we've left the present, wrapped and not unwrapped, the Bible says, get that gift, unwrap it, stir it up, and activate it. Stir it up. There we go. Holy Spirit alive on the inside. Now, here's the cool thing about those gifts. When we utilize those gifts, the gift of healing, miracles, remember, that's the Holy Spirit doing what the Holy Spirit does. I'm not trying to heal a person. The Holy Spirit does that through me. I'm not trying to perform a miracle. The Holy Spirit comes in miracles, signs, and wonders, the Bible says. So that takes a lot of pressure off. I don't stand before people, and when they tell me the atrocities or the things that happen because we live in a fallen world, I don't get scared and go, what do I do? I just go, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of me. I have the gifts activated on the inside of me. I can pray. I can reach out and allow the Spirit to do what the Spirit does. Unusual, but miraculous. Okay, last point is this, um, and I'll have the, the worship team come up as well. Um, I want to talk specifically about speaking in tongues because I feel like there's a lot of controversy around this gift. And so I just want to just kind of shatter a few little myths around speaking in tongues and help us to come into agreement with the gift that God has given us. Okay. Speaking in tongues is a sign that we have received the Holy Spirit. Mark 16, and I'm backing everything I say with Scripture. So just as I say these things, you can go back later and research these scriptures. Mark 16, 17 through 20, 20. And these signs will follow those who believe. How many believers do we have in here today? And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak 
with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. I had to look that up because I'm like, that's kind of weird for today. The other ones I can get my head around, I was like, I'm not really hanging out with serpents all that much. Um, But when I looked it up, the Bible says it was speaking basically of the dangers of this world and to know that we're protected by the Holy Spirit. That we don't have anything to fear. That even if a serpent comes our way, God himself is a protector of his people. The Bible says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying of signs. You know what I find interesting? Is that the Bible says that miracle signs and wonders follow those who believe. That means we don't chase miracles and signs and wonders. They chase us. They chase us. We simply live out what the Bible says, and he says, he. Miracle signs and wonders follow us. Why? Because that's what's needed for people, to be able to live out the complete wholeness of God. So that when a person's come, do you know that I've prayed for people, and they have gotten healed before they've gotten saved? What? Miracle signs and wonders follow those who believe. I believed, and a miracle followed. Many times that happens, and then the person gets saved. God's so, it's so unusual, but it's so miraculous. Now, I said it's a sign. So a lot of people will ask me, oh, if I don't speak in tongues, does that mean I'm not saved? No, if we believe in Jesus and that he died on the cross for our sins and he rose on the third day, we are saved. However, speaking in tongues is a sign that we have received the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a sign that we've received the Holy Spirit. Okay? Then uh, the Bible says, or let's go to this one. Speaking in tongues, so people are like, well, what is speaking in tongues for? I don't get it. If we speak in languages unknown to us, but known to God, what is that for? Let me help us. Speaking in tongues, first off, is for edification. The Bible says that it's the gift that builds us up in our most holy faith. 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So speaking in tongues is personal to build us up. When we invite the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and we begin to speak in a language not known to us but not known to, but known to God, that's called prayer. And it bypasses sometimes even our own thinking so that it can absolutely pray, and I'm going to get into that, the perfect will of God over our lives. And so for us, it builds us up. So when I go to pray for someone, let's say I know that somebody's sick and needs healing, I can pray in tongues and let the Holy Spirit himself build me up to have the confidence like Peter that I didn't have before. To be able to step in front of someone in the spirit of the Lord, not in my spirit, and see the miraculous happen. Okay, so controversy. People often say, well, the Bible says that if you're to speak in tongues that you need an interpreter. So speaking in tongues is not for today. Or you shouldn't do that in front of people. Okay, this is what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 14, 27, 28. Because a lot of people say a lot of things, but they haven't read all the scripture. 
Or they take scripture out of context. I'm like, no, no, read the full scripture. This is what it says. If anyone speaks in tongues, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and, people like to stop right there, silence in the church. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, and let him speak to himself and to God. What are they saying? They're, they're, the, the, the teaching was being brought out from Paul to the church of Corinth. And he's saying, if you stand behind a pulpit and you're going to preach and minister the word of God, do it in the language that they understand. If I were to stand here and only speak in tongues, then there best be an interpreter. If not, how are the people going to know? It says better to prophesy so that they understand. However, it says, and, so it doesn't say neglect the gift of tongues. That means in your life, you can stand and you can begin to pray to God in a, in a language unknown to you because that is communication between you and God. Ain't none of your business on the left and the right. You don't need to know on the left and the right. This is a prayer language that is building me up in my most holy faith. So the Bible says, but if you're going to speak to a crowd of people, then in that case, you need an interpreter. Otherwise, pray. That means when we're home, when we're driving, when we're anywhere and everywhere, we can begin to speak in this language and pray to God. Does that make sense? Okay, you're with me. You're with me. You're going quiet. All right, here we go. I will take it a step further. How many people know this? this? Sometimes our own language can actually limit us. Why? Because sometimes I want to pray with confidence, but I'm not confident. Sometimes I want to pray without fear, but I'm fearful. Sometimes I want to pray believing, but I feel unbelief. So how beautiful of God to go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create a prayer language, a language not known to you, but known to me, that bypasses your fears, that bypasses your confidences, that bypasses all of your weaknesses, and, pr- and praying straight to the heart of God. How good is that? that? That we can actually pray a prayer that bypasses every weakness that we have. Bible says in Acts 2, 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. Do you know that we are not robots? And God doesn't forcefully give us these gifts. He asks us to unwrap them. He asks us to receive them. God's not a forceful God, and he didn't create robots. He created people that can make a choice and a decision and go, great, I receive the Holy Spirit. Here are these gifts. I'm going to unwrap them, and I'm going to utilize them. And the Bible says that he gives us the gift. He says the Spirit gives us utterance. So what that means is this. When we go to speak in tongues, we actually have to put breath to the words. The, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't come and just take hold of our mouth, and we're uncontrollably speaking, and we don't know what to do. No, because we have the fruits of the Spirit, and one of them is self-control. So, so it's not that. The Bible says that we put breath to the words, and then the Spirit on the inside of us gives us 
the utterance. It's a co-mission. We do this in unity with the Spirit of God. And lastly, how many people here want to pray perfect prayers? Come on. I want to pray perfect prayers. That's awesome. The Bible says this in Romans 8, 26 through 27. It says this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. How many people have been in that space? I don't even know what to pray for. There's so many things. Where do I begin? Where do I start? I don't even know. Can you hold that? I, I timed myself and it's beeping. It's telling me to finish. Okay. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Okay, let me unpack that verse, people. This is, one of, for me, one of the most exciting verses in all of Scripture. What the Bible is saying is that when we allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us, He speaks the perfect will of God over our life. He makes intercession before the throne of God on our behalf. Oh, my goodness. I could speak in English all day long and pray in English, but they're limited words. Or instead, I can allow the Holy Spirit himself to intercede on my behalf, praying the perfect will of God over my life. If you ask me which prayer language I want to pray in, you will find me praying in tongues mostly. There's a time for praying in English or the language that we know, but there's a time where we can step over and allow the Holy Spirit himself to intercede on our behalf. That means I don't have to strive praying. It takes all the pressure off. Years ago, you know, I, I grew up in a household that was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was very privileged at a young age to receive the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When I was five years old, I was praying in tongues because it was that normal in my household. And as a child, actually, they receive a lot easier sometimes than us as adults. And in our kids' church, not kids babysitting over there, we teach them the full message of the gospel. And many children, bam, instantly will begin to speak in languages unknown to them because they're not indoctrinated by all this knowledge that we think that we need. It's pure in its form. So sometimes for us, we've got to go through all of this because we've been taught the wrong things or we believed other things and we haven't known what it really is. But once we can understand that, I have found that people easily receive this particular gift and activate it in their lives because we understand, oh, I'm just inviting the Holy Spirit in and I'm allowing him to speak through me the perfect will of God on my behalf, praying the perfect prayer language. And years ago, I can remember, I had kind of just stopped for whatever reason speaking in tongues. And I had found life getting hard, to be honest. And this was as a Christian. And that's why the Bible says, stir up the gift. If it has gone dormant, and it did in my life, the Bible just says, it's still alive. It's still active. It's still there. Just stir it up. So I was like, you know what? I need to stir up this gift. 
because I remember it had gotten to the point, I'm like an A-type personality. We got any of those people here? And I was like, I had like created a prayer like binder and I had like little like files like all labeled because I'm like, well, I should be praying for all the people that aren't saved, you know, in my world and in my life. So that's a thing. I should be praying for these people. And then I should, what about myself? I should pray for these things. And all of a sudden, it was work. It got real hard. It's never meant to be that way. And one day I read a little book called Praying by the Power of the Holy Spirit. And I remembered again the goodness of God. And I remembered again that I could speak in a language not known to me, but known to God that would take care of all the worries, that would take care of all the things that consumed me. And so I stopped and I stirred up the spirit again. And I invited again the Holy Spirit into my life to activate that gift. And I began to pray in tongues in a language not known to me. And don't you know that right off the bat, right after that, it was like things just started happening. I didn't even remember praying for that. And that happened. Yeah, because the perfect Holy Spirit is praying, interceding on my behalf. Of course these things were getting done. Of course miracles were happening. And we do it without striving and without pressure. That's how good God is. I'd like everybody to stand up in this place. Just lift your hands to heaven. Close your eyes in this place. You know, it's great to be saved. It's great to receive Jesus. It's great that our eternity can be reconciled once and for all. But i got to tell you, so much of the fun comes when we invite the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes, the Bible says that life comes and life in abundance. I find the Holy Spirit to be the partier in the mix. I think that's why C3 Church is known for fun. Because it's actually fun to come alive in the things of Christ. It's fun to come alive in the Holy Spirit. It's fun to see the miraculous happen before our eyes. It's fun to see people that have struggled in sickness no longer struggle anymore. And people will say, well, Stacey, doesn't happen every time you pray. And you know what? It doesn't. But I'm not going to just settle on the fact that because it doesn't happen one time, I'm not going to pray every time. I'd rather have some miracles than none at all. We can stir up the gifts. And here's the thing. When I stand before God in heaven, yes, I want to bring so many people with me. But I also, while I'm here on earth, want to bring heaven to earth. That's the Lord's prayer. When you read the Lord's prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's he saying? Oh, you can have heaven on earth. Just live out my full gospel. It's actually what he wants. It's what he's commissioned us to do, to bring the fullness of God in the land of the living. On the other side of our obedience, to open up the gifts offered to us, there could be salvations, miracles, and healings, not just for ourselves, but for someone else. Why do we need to function in the gifts of the Spirit? Because somebody else's miracle 
and eternity could be at stake. I might not need to be healed myself, but I don't want to stand and look into the eyes of another and just give them a pat on the back. I want to give the fullness of God, the Holy Spirit, to allow him to do what only he does. He saves, he heals, he brings miracles today and forever, the Bible says. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Salt Lake City, go to C3SaltLakeCity.com.